This is the show where Eskimos fans get all things green and gold from the man who calls the shots. We're just ready to lace it up and go out there and hit somebody and uh, play physical, disciplined football. This is where one empire gets insight you can't get anywhere else. This is the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering, Canada's largest public automotive and RV auction. Now, with Eskimos head coach Jason Moss, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. And good evening, everybody, and a good evening it is for Eskimo fans, that's for sure. A win yesterday in the West semifinal in Winnipeg, 39-32. The score of the football game on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, head coach Jason Moss with us in studio. How are you, coach? Doing great, thanks. Uh, you are certainly doing great. Six wins in a row. Uh, give me your uh, your takeaway from, from what you saw yesterday from your team. Another uh, pretty solid performance, I th- I think the score flatters the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at the end of the day. You guys were pretty much in control for most of the afternoon. Yeah, I thought it was a hard-fought battle, uh, first half especially. I mean, it was a 10-10 game coming out of halftime, uh, you know, 11-10, and they go for, uh, you know, the fake on the punt. And from that point on, we dominated the game. I think we scored four straight touchdowns on offense um, and kind of opened the game up. And then at the end, you know, they battled back. But, uh, you know, a lot of that was at the time of the game and we felt like it was a moot point so i thought our guys played well and i think both sides of the ball all three phases um uh contributed i thought we were good with the the ball security which we talked about discipline no pen not as many penalties as uh we had early in the year you know we matched them tit for tat with that um you know, so I was very pleased uh, the way our guys played and and, and whatnot. Uh, Bill Belichick's uh, famous line is "Do your job." That's probably a line you could have used for your team yesterday because everybody did their job. I mean, everyone who's supposed to put up the numbers put it up. You know, your quarterback threw for 300. Your best receiver had 100. Your running back had 100. Uh, your defense, best defense player had uh, 10 tackles. Special teams made an impact. Uh, you won the turnover battle. It was pretty much a complete complete game for your team no question i think anytime you're in playoffs that's what you're looking for you're looking for your your uh, star players to step up and i think ours did and you know um obviously like i said none of that happens though your star players don't play well without people around them doing their job so you're right about that Uh, it takes everyone on a team to win um and i thought last night i I mean it was a complete game and like i said in all three phases for 60 minutes um playoffs aren't easy it's not easy to get victories so uh particularly on the road in a hostile environment with no penalties on offense um you know it was great great to see uh the noise didn't get to us and then yeah our return game you know we made some big returns Mm -hmm. caught the ball night well um guys blocked hard for millie and then he was outstanding punting the ball and so, and then Whitey kick made all his kicks. So special teams was tremendous. And then, like I said, Corey Watson's play uh, recognition, and then obviously making that play on a very tough back. You know, he's not the easiest guy to bring down, and he brings him down in the open field basically, and and stops that. And from then on, our uh, the momentum was on our side, and we capitalized. The uh, fake punt you talked about, that was kind of the turn on. Did you guys, were you, ex- you got to expect that with Winnipeg, right? Because that's part of their MO. That's what they do. Yeah, I think anytime you're playing Osh, I mean, he, I, I, I listened to his press conference too after, and he, you know, he said, you know, when, you, when you're doing things like that, you're always, you know, aware that if, if you do it on their side of the field, their defense stays on. 
at the end of the day, when you're going against Osh, you're always aware of it. So yeah. you, no matter whether who's on the field, and I know it's probably easier for him to do it against the special teams what he's preparing for when you know they're trying to set up different things. But that's the hardest part for him, I'm guessing, is that everyone that plays against him always assumes he's doing something. So yeah. they're so on aware. But he's so great at coming up with things and and trying new things. And uh, I have a lot of respect for coaches that are, have that ability. And um, obviously, we always know when we go go up against him, he's well there. Their players are going to be well coached and disciplined, and it's about us recognizing and playing fast. And I thought uh, Corey and Dave had our guys ready to play. Um, you know, it's amazing watching our guys on the sidelines, our special team units, how much they communicate, how much they talk, how much they love that part of the game, uh, and it shows in the way they're playing right now. I don't know. You might have been involved in some offensive meetings while the play was going on, but was there any early recognition that it was going to be a, a punt? Did did anything come up earlier? Did a uh, fake, or did it just happen when when it was a no? I just think the 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 amount of movement they had uh, going on, the way their punter was already cocked. I mean, he was. You know, to me, I mean, those are little things yeah. I think you recognize. Um, and I think our guys were just, like I said, always on a heightened sense of awareness. It's third and three, so it's not like they can't do it. Flanders is a, is a great back. Like I said, he's always in position to get, get one. So, um, you know, I think it just, at the end of the day, it takes what you said earlier. It takes everyone to do their job. And yeah. part of recognition is that, you know, you had Hoover take off to the side, make it extremely hard and difficult to get around him. You had Tuck take on two guys. And then you had Corey, who saw it hit the gap and made the tackle, but then you have Bahar on that play racing over the top just in case he doesn't make the play so it doesn't get any bigger than what it would have been. But at the end of the day, I mean, if they would have made that play, it's a big momentum shift for their side. So, you know, and they had the rest of the game to make up for it. I just said going into the game, Winnipeg was used to getting turnovers and making the most of their turnovers. And I always wanted to see what would happen when you played them. You didn't turn the ball over. They didn't have any margin uh, plus-wise. And see what you could do with them. See if you could put them in adverse situations and what would happen. And last night we put them in those situations and obviously a victory came out on our part. Uh, you really took advantage of their defensive backfield. I mean, I, I I don't remember that many touchdowns being scored with guys that wide open. I mean, guys caught balls and had no one around them for 10 yards and just run to the end zone. Zilstra and Bowman's especially. Like, I mean, you had, you know, even some of the balls that were dropped, some of the other balls that were caught that weren't touchdowns, like there was nobody around guys at times, and you guys really seemed to find the open areas quite yeah, easily. Carson did a great job this week coming up with the schemes, um, you know, on our offensive side throwing the ball. Um, you know, we looked at different things in the red zone um, that would make them vulnerable um, based on how they'd been playing defense down there. And, you know, the first one to Darius, you know, uh, Randall stops his feet for just a split second, allows Darius to get by him, and Mike recognizes it and hits him in stride. You know, the other one we'd ran the play last year in the playoffs, and you know this year we looked at at it again and saw that they were vulnerable in that spot as well. And just so happened our formation was flipped into the boundary, so their boundary guys weren't used to seeing that play generally. And you know, our guy, everyone did their job on that part. You know, the old line blocks for Mike, and he's able to sit back there with a clean pocket and see it. And Zilstra is wide open. And then the last one, the one that everyone sees with the Darius wide open, I mean, had it been a miscommunication between either the half or the corner, one of them probably should have been back. Um, it looked like maybe the half based on what the free safety in the corner were looking after the play. But, you know, that happens in football. At times, guys, make if you make one mistake, if it was a run play, no one would have recognized it. It just happens to be a pass play to that side of the field. And, you know, our guys, you know, made the play. C.J. Gable, 
Hill didn't need open field. Uh, he had on on his first touchdown. He probably nine guys get his get their hands on. Him. That was a that was a football play. That was just uh, the the O line coming up and just picking him up and pushing the pile across, and him just keep working on. That was a great touchdown. Absolutely, to watch. it was it was phenomenal to watch. Uh, I thought you know our our guys' effort all night was tremendous. Uh, CJ is one of those backs that doesn't ever give up, and he keeps his feet churning and. You know, he he gets every yard that's available to him. And obviously on that one, he had a little help from our O-line. It was great to see. It's great yeah. to see our O-line getting down the field. Even on the one, you know, fumble, we had, you know, Justin's down there. We had a couple other O-linemen down there, and they're right around the ball. So our guys are covering and, and you know, expecting C.J. to hit those holes and, and stuff. And very reminiscent of Harris, you know, the way he ran the ball and his O-lineman helping him yeah. into the end zone this year. So. You, you mentioned Harris. He got his yards, but he didn't. You, you limited the damage that he was able to do. You were able to stop him at the right times, it seemed. Yeah, I mean, I think. And again, it goes back to you can't stop him. You can only kind no, of contain I mean, him, he, and you contained him. He, he has a, he's a great. He's a great back. They have a great offense. I mean, they tempo very well. They have a great O line. I mean, they they protect Matt extremely well. They open holes for for Andrew and Flanders. And Andrews is one of those guys. I mean, he's he's a MOP candidate probably every year just for the way he is. And obviously, he's the most outstanding Canadian for them this year. And he's well deserving of that. I mean, he's tough to bring down. Um, he runs hard, and he's one of those guys that gets every yard that's available to him. He catches the ball well out of the backfield, so it's very difficult. They move him around a lot. I know he has got a lot of freedom with how he moves around and, and things, so you're never quite sure where he's going to end up at times, so you always got to be paying attention. So, um, you know, they have a great offense and utilize him to his strengths extremely well. Did you make a lot of adjustments in the second half, or did you just kind of stick with the process and execute better? No, I think we just stuck with the process and executed. I mean, you know, um, you don't you don't throw away your game plans when it's a 10-10 game and, and things like that. You just keep, you know, looking at minor adjustments you can make. When we play offense, I mean, we look at things that worked well in the first half and what is coming up that you think should work based on what you're seeing. Um, you know, special teams, it's the same thing. You're looking at how they've been playing you and all those things. But, you know, we worked pretty hard during the week to put ourselves in position. So unless the team comes out and does some things completely different, which I didn't think they did in the first half, you know, it just became, it came down to us executing. Um, you know, the first half we had, we did have the drops that we've, everyone spoke of uh, that stalled some drives on offense. And the second half, we didn't have as many of those. So um, and I thought our running game came a lot more alive in the second half. Um, obviously, we were able to give it more. And then, you know, our defense made plays. I mean, they took the ball away, um, made it very difficult for them. They had to drive the field. If they were going to get anything. We didn't give up anything easy. Um, you know, we had a couple sacks and whatnot. So, um, you know, in all three phases, like I said, it doesn't happen. Playoff victories don't happen without all three phases. So I thought all three phases just stepped up in the second half and I took it to him. Goes in the books as a seven-point win, 39-32. You're up 39-16 early in the fourth quarter. Any concerns with the last eight or nine minutes and the fact that they were able to make it close? Uh, I, I know, watch from my perspective, I never thought the game was in doubt. I'm pretty sure you had the same feeling, but does that matter to you at all? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it's the CFL. I mean, you've seen everyone's yeah. seen crazy things happen. I mean, Edmonton faced Winnipeg in one of the craziest endings to a game in the history of the CFL about 10 years ago. So you're always aware that uh, if you're not moving the ball or holding on to the ball or giving up quick scores, that things can get crazy at the end. But that's what I'm talking – when I talk about our defense bending, I mean, they they didn't really break. They just kept bending and allowing them different things. But 
the the worst thing you could do at the end of the game was to give up a quick score, and they didn't. I mean, everything that Winnipeg got at the end, they had to drive the field 10 plays or more, chew up the whole entire clock yeah. to do that. And our offense did the same thing. I mean, we brought it down to a minute 20 with a two-score game. So, I mean, it, it was going to be very difficult to beat us at that point. So, yeah, defense, you, you don't think about it that way, but defense killed the clock, basically. Yeah, right? and at the end of the day, that's what yeah. they did. If they would have tried to take more shots, our defense was probably in better positions to intercept the ball or, or let Matt hold on to the ball longer. I mean, he was getting out of the ball out of his hands quickly. We were tackling him inbounds the whole time. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we did our job. I mean, we stopped it where they scored their last touchdown with no time on the clock. So the game's basically over, and they didn't have a chance to do anything further. Do you have any concerns coming out of the game yesterday? Um... No, to be quite honest with you. I mean, um, we got our taste of what playoff football is like. Um, obviously, we've been prepared. We feel like we've been playing at a pretty high level for nine weeks now and a lot of meaningful games down the stretch. So we know we're battle-tested. We know that. But anytime you can go into somebody else's place who's a spot ahead of you in the standings mm-hmm. and and beat them like that, I think it gives you a lot of confidence going into the next place. place. Um, so our confidence is... Is at a good a good spot right now, and our guys are back to work. We're in the day running, uh, watching film, and excited about the next step. Getting healthy has allowed you to to do a few things with your roster. One of them was to get Jamel Smith back into the lineup. Uh, he's really had an impact, hasn't he? The last Ab- three or four games. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at what our field position's been, average wise, the last three or four games that he's been back compared to what it is was the rest of the games without a returner. I believe it's about eight yards difference. So, I mean, he's uh, he's a tremendous, uh, Im- makes a tremendous impact on our game. He fields every ball. Uh, he gets exactly what's there. And then if it's if it's anything more, he can hit it. And I think our, all of our guys are excited about that with him. I think also with the, with the, all the newer guys, or the guys that are coming back, a lot of the guys that are coming back are great special teams players for us as well. So our special teams in and of itself, our cover units, our blocking units, all those things are getting better. So, uh, you know, I'm excited about it. We're going to have a huge challenge this week with Finch as a returner and the way Calgary is, but the way we've been playing on special teams, I'm excited about that challenge. All right, that's Eskimos head coach uh, Jason Moss. This is the Coaches Show here on 630 Chet for Mentioner Allen. Uh, we'll take a break. Be back with more Eskimos heading to Calgary for the Western Final on Sunday. It's a 2.30 kickoff, 1 o'clock for the countdown to kickoff right here on 630 Chet with myself and uh, Dave Campbell. Also here from Blake Dermott as well. We'll talk about the Stampeders when we come back. It is coming up to 7.48 on 6.30. The Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. We have the selection. You set the price. Now, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio. 6.30, Chad. I got about six or seven more minutes with the coach here uh, tonight. Eskimos, of course, winners yesterday in Winnipeg over the Blue Bombers. Now it's the Calgary Stampeders. Fourth season in a row, the Eskimos have gone to a divisional final uh, in uh, 14 and 15 against Calgary. A win and a loss. Uh, last year, they were uh, in Ottawa to play in the Eastern Final, heading back to uh, the Division Final in the West now with Calgary. And uh, Jason, first off, just uh, the consistency. You've been here for two of these uh, last four years, but you were here for a long time as a player. Just the consistency of this organization to be at or near the top year after year, it's uh, it's pretty pretty good accomplishment. Yeah, I think it starts with high standards, and what the city expects is what the organization expects. They expect to put a winning product on the field 
field every year. Uh, you get great character guys that are good football players, um, you know, and I think as an organization we take care of people and we do it the right way. So I think guys that come here want to work hard and you, you got that blue collar mentality that the city is so um, deep in, in tradition with. So I think it lends you to be successful. And uh, obviously four years in a row doing it um, has been tremendous. And there's been a lot of moving pieces in those four years, but there's been also a lot of guys that have been here through it as well. Um, you know, so I think it's, it's a, pretty great accomplishment for an organization that you can be that successful year in and year out. Uh, before we bounce forward to Sunday, let's talk about the week leading up to it. Uh, we saw your schedule came out today. Uh, I know you're working, but you're not on the field until Thursday. You kind of hinted at that last night when we talked to you on the post-game show. Uh, you want your guys to have as much rest as you can give them heading into, a obviously, a game against a well-rested Stampeders team has been off for a week. Yeah, we've been doing this all year. I mean, anytime we face teams that have way much more, way more rest than we do, we try to limit the on the field stuff for our guys so they're not worn out and uh you know that's going to be the case this week we'll get our our my my uh deal with the players was this i we ran had our hard run down today we had our film and i told them the next three days is about recovery for them they need to do their jobs recovering their bodies they need to be able to give us everything they got come thursday and friday um, because i know at that point they'll be 100 percent come sunday and that's the focal point and uh also mentally it gives our coaches a better opportunity to come up with better game plans so that when our players do come in on Thursday morning for the first meetings they're going to have something in their hands that they're uh, excited about and, and and ready to execute. And you're playing a good football team who's been on on the outs a little bit the last few weeks. Do you take anything out of their three game losing streak as you go into Calgary for Sunday's game? Well they're beatable I mean at the end of the day I mean any team's beatable. Um, in particular, the way they played the last three games. I mean, they did stuff that's uncharacteristic to Calgary football teams, and meaning they hurt themselves. They had more penalties. They had turnovers, um, stuff that they generally don't do. So, um, you know, and I know they've played, you know, three, you know, games with the with the season already wrapped up. But nobody wants to lose. I watched them play those games. They've still played extremely hard. It's just at times, you know, they made critical mistakes, and that's something that shows a chink in their armor, you know. And they hadn't been showing that the last. I mean, it seems like six, eight years. So, I mean, um, we know that if we play really good football, go in there, take care of the ball, take care of the line of scrimmage, our discipline, we have an opportunity to beat them. And that's on the forefront of our minds. Uh, quickly, just give me a key on each side of the football when, to stop them offensively and to have success against what has been numbers-wise the best defense in the league this year. Yeah, I mean, for us on defense, I mean, it's controlling the line of scrimmage. It's getting after Bo Levi. you got to put a tremendous amount of pressure on him. You can't let him sit back there and be comfortable. They've got enough weapons around him that uh, they can hurt you. So our guys have to put pressure in his face and make him throw off-schedule throws here and there and do it with, with people around him and make him feel uncomfortable. Uh, for our offense... I mean, it comes down to the same thing. It comes down to, to controlling the line of scrimmage so that Mike can sit back there without people in his face and get through his progressions because that's what they do. They make you get through a progression. Um, and also, we have to establish the run. I mean, at the end of the day, we've been very successful with C.J. Gables, our back. We'd love to pound the rock. And in order to do that, you have to control the line of scrimmage. Special teams, it's going to come down to us imposing our will on them and containing Roy Finch, uh, our punter punting the ball where he needs to punt it, our kicker kicking it through the uprights with good protection up front, um, and our guys blocking their butts off for Millie. And if we can do all three of those, um, and on top of it, we don't turn over the ball, we take it away, our discipline with our penalties, I mean, we have as good a shot as anybody.
Great stuff. Jason, thanks very much. Have a good week of practice, and uh, we will uh, talk to you next week. Hopefully we're talking about a trip to the Great Cup. Thank Sounds you. great. Thank you. All right, that's Eskimos head coach Jason Moss. That is the coach's show. Don't forget the game's on Sunday. It is a 2.30 start, 1 o'clock for the countdown to kickoff right here on The Voice of One Empire, 6.30, Chet. Have a great night, everybody.